Eagles Entertainment. Eagles everywhere. Welcome to the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro at the Novacare Complex and the Eagles getting ready for the season opener in Detroit. It's been a great week here at the Novacare Complex. The injury report is extremely encouraging. Miles Sanders, a full participant in practice on Wednesday. The running back had been sidelined with a hamstring injury. Nick Sirianni saying that that injury is of minor concern to him. So it looks like Sanders will be a go. Joined in the backfield by New Eagle Trey Sermon, former Oklahoma star, Ohio State star, third-round draft pick from the Niners, cut by the Niners last week and picked up off of waivers by the Eagles. So he's the fourth running back on this active roster. Eagles will be without Andre Dillard, placed on injured reserve. The left tackle position, of course, manned by Jordan Mailata. The Eagles do have a host of options as far as the backup. And they do have a roster spot to fill. At this point, they have not filled that roster spot. We have a great Eagles Insider podcast for you. We're going to get our first look at the Detroit Lions from Tim Twentyman from DetroitLions.com. An improved Lions team. We'll find out just what the outlook is in Detroit from Tim. We're also going to meet Reed Blankenship, one of three Eagles undrafted rookies to make this 53-man roster. He's a five-year starter at the safety position from Middle Tennessee State, a three-year captain, and he was thrilled to make this final 53-man roster, which is really never final, I guess. We'll also visit with our exclusive weekly one-on-one with head coach Nick Sirianni. We're going to begin, though, with another exclusive, offensive tackle Lane Johnson, in his 10th season with the Eagles and is playing as well as he's ever played. A second-team All-Pro last year, healthy, ready to go. He's got a big assignment on Sunday, and he talks here about all of that, plus a brotherhood along the Eagles' offensive line. One of the strengths of this football team, they are all in it together. Let's hear from Lane Johnson one-on-one in this Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. All right, Lane Johnson, um, looking good? Feeling good? Feeling good. Feeling great? Feeling great. I can't believe it's been 10 years. How many times do you think we've talked? I'm, I'm, I keep looking at your, your bio, I'm like, what am I going to talk to Lane Johnson about that I haven't talked about? It's been a million times, right? Yeah, it's been a lot. Um, so the one thing I do want to start with, 10 years in, um, do you remember, like, is it the same feeling every year? Yeah, same feeling. I mean, really going in, you just try to focus in on the day, attack each day, and then the day, game day will be there before you know it. So that's kind of how we've been approaching things for the, I guess, past 10 years. And is there an exci- is it first day of school stuff or not even, or am I over? No, nah, the first day of school is really like a training camp feeling. And okay. Now it's, uh, I guess, showtime. It is showtime. Uh, and tell me about the show and, and Lane Johnson and the the feeling that you have about yourself, about this offensive line, about this offense, about this team going into 2022. Yeah, I mean, it's all about the uh, putting the work in. I feel like we've had uh, lots of good preparation. We had lots of good practices uh, with the Browns, with Miami, so simulated, you know, a lot of game-type scenarios. And uh, right now, uh, you know, Wednesdays and Thursdays are really tough practices, so got those coming up and and really just get ready for Detroit. They have a really good defensive line, so um, – Looking forward to it. You watching a lot of Hutchinson and Harris? Watching everybody? Yeah, yeah. Those guys uh, flip sides, so uh, it'll be a good challenge for for Jordan and I. Tell me about Hutchinson. Uh, long, about six six, two sixty. 
Um, got good wiggle to him, quick twitch athlete, so uh, high boulder, so he'll be he'll be a good player. Is it, he's six seven, two sixty five or something like that. Yeah. Who's a, who's a good comp in the NFL that fans might know? Um, I mean, he kind of moves like Joey Bosa a little bit. He, he's a little bit taller, um, but kind of kind of similar. And 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 what about Harris? Um, I mean, he's around six three, two fifty five. He's a guy who has some. Uh, you know, he's a very savvy pass rusher. I think he had around 60-something pressures last year. So um, he has really good pass rush moves and also has good counter moves. So if he doesn't get to the quarterback one way, he'll find another way. I feel like you're a, like a you really love the um, the technical side of things. I feel like you really love digging into the preparation, the film, the analyzing who your opponents are. Am I right? Yeah, I mean that's really that's what Stout does. We we dissect the the defense, and my job is to dissect the pass rushers and protect the quarterback and know who I'm going against. And, and really everything uh, with me is, is about uh, hands, feet, and eyes. So um, keep those things good, and, and I'll be good. Is it a different approach, power guy versus a smaller speed guy? Uh, you know, I go in every game feeling like I'm outgunned. Like this guy is a superior athlete. He's better. So always on my toes. I don't take anybody lightly. So, you know, you go out there thinking this guy doesn't have any power, then you can get bull rush on your back. So that's kind of how it works. I just, you know, attack it every play like it's, uh, you know, it's my last one. Lane, was there ever a time, was there ever a game when you had that experience where, like, you took somebody lightly? Uh, maybe younger in my career, but I think those are good lessons learned. For sure. And, and uh, especially something you can grow on. But, yeah, I mean, it's really what the league's all about. You can't take any, anybody lightly. All right, so there's a statistic that I wanted to bring up to you. Uh, you led all NFL offensive tackles with a .2 knockdown percentage zero sacks and one quarterback hit in 413 pass rushing opportunities pass blocking opportunities last season um do you focus on the 412 good ones or the one bad one like do you even remember the one bad the, not the bad one the one hit uh i think it may have been against the raiders uh <laughs> we threw the ball a lot but i don't know i mean really i try to have a short-term memory i i really like last year's last year and all the previous years, I mean, it's really, as an offensive lineman, there's really nothing good can happen with your position except you win the game. Only only thing that can happen is really negative. You get pointed out for TV for a sack or a hold or anything. So there's not a whole lot of upside. All right, so, so this mentality, this this focus, like for people who aren't playing in the NFL, people who are, they want to lately need to focus on the moment. How yeah. have you developed this through the years? Is this something you had as a kid? that you didn't even quite know about? Uh, I think it's really a lot to do with our coach, um, Coach Stout, just the psychology behind playing off the line. You have to have a short-term memory. Uh, you can have a bad play, and if you still focus on that, you can have a lot more after that. So it's really, you know, the way um, he tries to teach it is, you got to be like Mike Myers in the Halloween movies. You, you always got the knife, and you're always chasing, so, you know, you're always attacking. So that's how I see it. I try to be emotionless. Uh, don't put too much emotion in it. Just uh, go do your job. But it's not just like a day. It's not like game day emotionless, right? You, you're kind of like in character all season. Yeah, really. I mean, like I said, there's there's uh, very little upside to playing on its line. It's a very you know it's a position of servitude and uh, and allowing the guys on the outside and the running backs to make plays and the quarterback to make plays. So um, you kind of be in a constant state of not paranoia, but just High, yeah. high alertness because yeah. uh, that's what your job is, and it's a it's a razor's edge to uh, you know to uh, to have a good game. So it, it, because if you make one screw up, everybody's talking about that screw up, yeah. and the quarterback's on his back. Yeah, Ben. People don't realize. I mean, 
people that really dissect and know the O-line position, they, they understand what it's like. But to the outsider, yeah, I mean, really, you don't get noticed and, unless you mess up. Is that why you think there's – is that why there's such a great fraternity among offensive linemen? Yeah, because I don't feel like anybody really understands it. Uh, I mean, the general public. I mean, I remember when I was growing up watching football, I didn't care much about the O-line. All I cared about was, you know, my favorite uh, player was Brett Favre, so I cared about the, you know, who's selling the touchdowns, who's, who's running them in. So I understand where they're coming from. Um, you were a quarterback. You were a glory guy. Mm. Was it? Has it been, a, if you think back to that time, which I know you don't because you just said you don't, but, like, that mentality, you didn't have that focus, right? Like, you were looking for the glory. Yeah, I mean, it's just a total different position. I remember looking at the O-line over there doing their drills and not moving a whole lot. I'm like, those guys are lucky. They don't have to run. They don't <laughs> have to do a whole lot. And then now I'm sitting back and I'm going, uh, those guys are lucky. They're not getting touched in practice. So it's like, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Lane, what part of you is a superior athlete, do you think? When you when you look at yourself versus just another player, what where are you really, really special, do you think? I think length and quickness. I mean, because I, I was a skill position player my whole life. So these guys that I'm going against – you know, my 40s, pretty close to theirs. My vertical, my 10-yard split, a lot of that athleticism is pretty evenly matched. Um, so I think that. But at the tackle position, it's all about uh, quickness off the line of scrimmage and uh, reaction time, really. In the Eagles, in, the, in your bio, in the Eagles media guide, you mentioned your career accomplishments. I mean, tremendous. Uh, Pro Bowl three times, two-time All-Pro, Super Bowl champion, of course. And you're mentioned among the, these names in Eagles history. Jason, Jason Peters, Bucko Kilroy, and Bob Brown. Does that mean anything to you? Yeah, I mean, uh, I know those are tremendous players. I think coming in, I had a great mentor in, in Jason Peters. He could have been a guy that, you know, a guy that's coming in to maybe be his replacement and, and not help him. But, I mean, I really, when I came in here, he took me under his wing and really like a, an older brother. And I and I observed him. I watched how he played, how he done things. And I feel like it's rubbed off and – I mean, really, and I, you know, just try to pass it down to Jordan. You know, everybody has their unique attributes. Like, there's never going to be another Jason Peters. Um, like, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be Jason Peters. I don't want Jordan to try to be him or me. Everybody be their own person and uh, learn what you can from those players, and then uh, you know, be your own person eventually. Do you know anything about Bucko Kilroy or Bob Brown? I know Bob Brown, um, Hall of Fame tackle. Yeah, one of the greatest of all yeah. time. Do you think you would have been a great left tackle? Yeah, I think. Uh, Put me there and let me um, get better. I mean, kind of. I, I would have probably had struggles early on, kind of like I did uh, right tackle. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's what I played in college. That's what I got drafted as. Uh, but I mean, I have I have no regrets really. A couple more for you. What is the mentality of this football team going into Sunday? Uh, man, just laser focused and uh, eliminating distractions and uh, doing your job uh, in high intensity. So it's really focus intensity and avoiding all those distractions that are out there. Does last year's game mean anything to you? It doesn't mean nothing to us. Uh, I mean, it's really um, a lot of different people on the roster for us, too. So, um, yeah, really just erase it and short-term memory. Will it take you a minute to get used to the the noise and having not played? Yeah, yeah, it'll it'll be different. Um, It always is, usually starting off a season. uh, You have limited tape to watch as far as preseason goes, so – there may be a few wrinkles. They may surprise you. It's a you know different, different uh, atmosphere, but uh, all together, you know, another, another start to the season. And will you know what music? Do you have you laid out your music before the game? Do you know that yet? Sometimes I listen to it. Sometimes I don't. I mean, we usually have a, uh, 
you know, blazing in the locker room pretty loud. So if even if you do have your headphones on, it's still you can still hear it. So. Night before the game, do you say a prayer? Do you sleep? Is it like is it just another night for you? Uh, just another night, really. I try, like I said, I try not to get too too much emotionally involved. I feel like whenever I get overhyped or you know you, you lose focus that way. So I just see it. You know, I got an object in my way, and I you know need to move it out of my way. Last one. I it, I feel this is what I'm feeling from you. It's like a healthy. You're on edge. It's like a healthy on edge feeling. Getting ready for for the season, and it's and you you keep it at this pitch. The entire way through the season. Yeah, I mean, that's really, you go look at the O-line room. Uh, that's how everybody's wired. That's how Coach Stout's wired. So he doesn't, uh, in the meeting rooms, there is really no rest. He's always calling on people, what's your job? Uh, making sure people are paying attention. So it's, like I said, it's, it's not paranoia, but it's right on the line. You always got to be a high alertness. I love it. Lane, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for joining me. on the Eagles Insider Podcast. All right, thanks to Lane for his time. Now it's time to hear from the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, the first of our weekly one-on-ones with Nick Sirianni. The 2022 Philadelphia Eagles season is here, and that means it's time to start our weekly one-on-one interviews with head coach Nick Sirianni. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro, here with the head coach. Hello, how are you? Good, how about you? Great, excited, as, as I know you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick, I wonder, last year you opened on the road, Atlanta, big win. What did you learn from that experience, and, and what do you take from that and apply it to this? Uh, I think anytime you start uh, uh, a football game and a football season, um, you're thinking about what you need to do to win that football game and to accomplish your goals for uh, for that game. And so, you know, and that that doesn't matter if it's. I, I think it, football is football, and so it could be the it could be the uh, Southwestern Trojans uh, high school team. It could be Mount Union in, in college, right? It could be the Division One schools that we saw. It could be the NFL and. I think what I learned from a lot of the good coaches that I've been around, you know, is it's about tackling, it's about ball security, right? It's about playing clean in the in the kicking game, and it's about being situationally aware. And I think that was on display this last weekend. You know, some of us got a chance to sit there and watch some some college football this weekend, and that was on display. And so that is, you know, the first game last year in Atlanta, yes, but generally my philosophy there and. Uh, in opening day football. All right, so this team, some new faces, of course. How much growth have you seen? How much maturity have you seen? What have you seen different from 2021 to 22? Or do you just, is, does it all start fresh for you? Um, you know, I, I think we're just a little bit further along as far as our, you know, being a team, right? Connecting together as a football team. And so when you're around guys for an entire year, and I know there's newcomers, and we, and we, got, we got some great newcomers on this team, but... Um, you know, it's just it's just we're a little bit closer as a team together. We're connecting a little bit more, and that's going to serve us well at the end at the end of the day. Which kind of leads me to the next question about continuity. Coaching staff comes back largely the same, offensively for sure. A lot of the same personnel. Has that, if you found, really helped you accelerate into year two? Yeah, of course, because the players know what we're lo- you know they know what we're looking for as coaches. I, th- I say to the coaches all the time, make sure that the job description is very clear. Right. What are they doing against this look and this look and this look and this look and this look? Right. Make sure the job description is crystal clear. We don't want there to be any questions in their head. So that wasn't just a new coaching point that I started saying to the staff this year. That's been my my uh, message to them since the beginning here. So we haven't held any secrets back from we haven't held any cool coaching points back. Like, okay, I'm going to wait till year two to give them this coaching point. They know what we're going to say and they know what we expect as coaches and 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 the standard. And so. 
Um, I think I always say that's good coaching when the players know exactly what you're going to say. Do you have a big picture step away and say, hey, we had the training camp, we've had our summer work, we had joint practices. Are there big takeaways from that as you sit here right now? Um, again, you're just trying to get a little bit better each day, uh, and that's what, you, that's what your focus is on. And, yes, of course, some days you're trying to work on different phases of the game, um, different things uh, within what you're trying to work on in training camp. But, you know, we're just living in that mode of just trying to get better every day. It's Detroit on Sunday. Uh, what do you know about the Lions a team that really played well down the stretch last year. Yeah, there's no doubt that that team, you know, got better as the season went on. There's, there's no doubt about that, and you, and it's very noticeable. And um, we, we, we notice that they play really hard, and they, you know, that, that's, that's tough. That's tough to deal with a team that's just relentless and keeps coming after you. And uh, we know we'll have our hands full. That they got, a, they got a lot of good players, and uh, we got to be, be on it and be ready for them. One of the more intriguing players is Aiden Hutchinson, the first-round pick, their first first-round pick. He's 6'7", 265, which sounds really freakish. I mean, what do you see when you've watched him on film? Well, obviously, we did our work, homework on all the draft guys, right? We, you know, we're going to go through it. And so we, we saw what a dynamic playmaker he was for that Michigan team last year. You know, and then, you know, with the reps that he's gotten this year, you know, we see the relentless effort, you know, that, that he has and the, and the quickness that he has. He had that one up and under that he made. Uh, he made a big play in the backfield, I think, one of his first preseason games. Um, and so you see his quickness, you see his length, you see his relentlessness, and uh, he's a good football player. Will they move him around? Yeah, you know, again, some of this uh, going into the first game, there's a lot of unknowns. And they have on tape. Uh, they've definitely moved him around. They've moved him inside on some third-down scenarios. Um, but, you know, of course they're going to be sh not showing us everything in that preseason, and we're going to have to be ready to adjust and figure it out. And, um, you know, that's our job as coaches to figure out what they're doing and make adjustments necessary during the game. You mentioned the unknowns. What is the sense of unknown going into the opener? Yeah, I mean, again, you're, they're, working, they're, they're probably working on new wrinkles that, that um, you know, they definitely, the most definitely studied in the offseason. Um, you know, new things to their packages, you know, new players and the, and the different skill sets that they have. And so there's a lot of unknown. Um, and so, you know, that that for us means that we just got to we got to play by our rules. And 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 that's what we do as, as coaches as much as we can. We're trying to make the job description clear, not just in this look, but in every look that they could possibly get. And that's what we've been trying to do um, from OTAs on. And so. The unknown is, hey, okay, an unknown's going to uh, pop up. Handle it with your rules, and then we'll make the necessary adjustments on the sideline. I think I know the answer, having been around you. But what is the daily message? Is it something that you always want to keep consistent? Uh, you know, the daily message, like this week, I, I really did talk to him about, um, you know, I woke up on Monday with, like, you know, I'm, like, really excited, like, woke up at 5 in the morning and, like, uh, maybe my alarm was for 5:45, but I didn't want to go back to sleep. I was ready to go in, and um, you know I had that some of that nervous energy, and I was thinking about you know Sunday. But the message, you know, really to myself, I was saying it to myself, and and I'm like, wait, I need this message for myself. And then if somebody, if the team gets it as well, that'll be huge. Is hey, be excited about Sunday. Be excited about the game, but. To be ready for Sunday, you got to go about your business today. And how do you go about your business today? It's you know it's high detail in meetings, starting with us as coaches. It's full speed to the snap and walk through, and then it's high intensity at practice. I feel like here if they hear that from you all the time, which they do, 
it's not a change for them, right? Like, yeah, true. That's what you want. Again, good coaching in my mind is when they know what I'm going to say. I don't want them to have any questions. I want them to be able to go out there and rip it. They know what our standard is. We know, we know what to expect. They have a high standard as players themselves, and let's just go rip it. Let's go rip it. Our one-on-one -on -one weekly with head coach Nick Sirianni. Good luck on Sunday in Detroit Thanks, Dave. against the Lions. It's time now for our first look, and at this week, of course, it is at the Detroit Lions. The Eagles went into Detroit last year and handled the Lions 44-6 on October 31st. Eagles running for 236 yards, dominating on the ground. They just destroyed the Lions up front defensively. I mean, it was a complete Eagles win, and it really vaulted the Eagles and turned the season around, a season that became a playoff one for the Eagles. Now, from the Lions' standpoint, it was also a really important game, and it changed their perspective. A Lions team that went 3-3 three and three in its final six games. So the, the Lions are a different team. They've got some new players, including, as we talked with Lane Johnson, Aiden Hutchinson, second-year head coach Dan Campbell, a lot of optimism in Detroit. Let's get the perspective in our first look from senior reporter from DetroitLions.com, Tim Twentyman. Tim Twentyman, DetroitLions.com. It's a new season. It's a new Lions team. Looking forward to the opener. What are you seeing from the Detroit Lions, my man? Yeah, it, it should be fun, right? And now it's real football, so so now it's fun. You know, obviously camp is a grind. You know that, and and now the games count. So it should be fun. And, and look, you know, if you guys are from Hard Knocks, um, it's a Lions team that's you know expecting a lot more than the three wins they had last year. It's the second year of GM Brad Holmes and, and head coach Dan Campbell's regime, and and you know they expect a lot of improvement. So it, it, it should be fun, and it starts with the Philadelphia Eagles September 11th. And where does the hope for improvement come from? What are the Lions banking on um, to be better, be a better football team? Yeah, you know, I think it starts offensively. Um, you know, they've got at least on paper, you know, top five, could even be a top three offensive line. Um, DeAndre Swift, the running back, is entering his third season, and, and he's expected to you know, take a huge leap. You know, he was leading all running backs in catches last year before a shoulder injury on Thanksgiving. So, you know, he's one of those kind of dual threat, every down kind of backs. You've got EJ Hopkins, who was a pro bowler a couple years ago at tight end, and Amon Ross St. Brown set the his record with 90 catches last year, ended the year with, you know, six straight games, catch eight plus ball. So they've got weapons. And then, you know, it, it, it's really up to Jared Goff, you know, struggled um, after the trade first half of the season, but then the Lions made some changes. You know, Dan Campbell took over play calling. They elevated Ben Johnson from the tight end coach to the pass game coordinator. Ben Johnson is now the offensive coordinator and Jared Goff, the second half of the year, you know, there was three, two and one, he had 11 touchdowns, two interceptions, a 101.8 passer rating, which was the sixth best, sixth, excuse me, in the NFL, the second half of, of last year. And so, you know, they, they're kind of expecting him to pick up right where he left off, and he's done that in camp. So, you know, if they can get some marginal improvements on defense, it's going to be a much better football team because they think offensively they have a chance to be pretty darn good. Well, I mean, when you add Aiden Hutchinson to the defense, I would think the expectations would be high. What have you seen from him, and how ready in game number one will he be to, to be an impact player? Yeah, I think both of our teams are excited about a first-round de defensive lineman, right? But uh, Aiden is the Lions' hope to be 
be and, and probably a little bit more. You know, we talked to, um, you know, Brad Holmes on Thursday and he said he's even a better athlete than, than we thought through the, the draft process. And he's kind of just in day one and been everything he wanted. You know, he's been able to shift inside, play the three technique, and they kind of have a NASCAR package that they rush with that. He's got an advanced you know, toolbox of, of pass rush moves for um, a guy, a, a guy's a rookie. I've, I've, I've never seen, you know, just the plethora of pass rush moves, the advanced technique um, uh, for a guy this young. And, and he's been really, really special. You know, this is the Lions team that was the third fewest sacks in the NFL last year. They were, you know, second worst in pass rush win rate. And so, you know, they needed a guy like Aiden. And, you know, they were ecstatic that he was sitting there you know, for them at number two and he's been everything, you know, they hope he'd be and more. He's expected to have a huge impact on that Lions pass rush. Tim, is he a power pass rusher? Is he a speed guy? Is it, I guess when you're drafted that high, you're, you're kind of the total package of speed to power. I mean, what, what have you seen in the preseason? How, how has he made the adjustment? Yeah. You know, David really has been both. He's, and you saw it at Michigan, you know, we, we want a guy when you're drafted number number two, right, that, that can, um, you know, rush the passer from the edge, but is also strong enough to kind of set the edge in the run game, right? And, and Aiden's been able to do that, but he's so versatile that they've moved him inside, and he's played a lot of three technique as well. And, you know, he's been productive against those guards in the three technique as well. So really, they can do a lot of different things. And when they push him inside, it allows them to get, you know, one of their other pass rushers on the outside. They call it their NASCAR package because it's it's full go. You know, they've got three, four really legit pressures on the field at the time because Aiden's versatility allows him to to move inside his size. You know, he's six six, you know, two hundred and you know, sixty pounds, seventy pounds, seventy five pounds. It's so um, you know, he can, he, he's durable enough to hold up inside, be good against the run, but he's such, he's great athleticism, speed, technique, hands, you know, that he's great on the outside too. So he's one of those guys that, that can, you know, really be in the ball game all three downs and he can play really anywhere along that defensive line. And that's what they love about him really is versatility. Tim, what are the what are the uh, Lions going to do about AJ Brown and Devontae Smith? I mean, Eagles fans can't wait to see those two in action, and honestly, expect every week to have a very tough matchup for secondaries. What do the Lions have playing? What kind of weapons do the Lions have in the secondary? It's a really talented group over there for you guys, and Lions are going to have their have their hands full. And that's really when you talk about the Lions secondary, that's one of the big question marks heading into training camp. Um, and you know, I think the Lions feel a lot better about that group coming out of camp, especially because Jeff Okuda has been really, really good. And, you know, you guys remember Jeff Okuda, the number three pick a couple of years ago. Um, but you know, really injuries have, have, you know, wiped away two seasons for him. His first two seasons, he had a core muscle injury as he, and, and he had a ruptured Achilles tendon week one last year the rest of the season he's played 10 games in two years and you know, former number three pick obviously he's got the athleticism he's got and you're not a number three pick overall if you don't have all those tools it's just you know like they always say the best ability is availability right 
And Jeff has been available now this offseason. He's come back stronger. He's come back faster. Um, and he really kind of won the starter job. The Lions challenged him. Um, they liked a couple other guys there. Will Harris won. But Jeff clearly won that job opposite Amani Oriwarie, who was third in the NFL last year with six interceptions. He kind of he took a big leap in his third season. So now they have Oriwarie. Now they have Jeff who's played really, really well. So I think they have two really young um, cornerbacks that you guys will probably see matched up against those guys. And it should be a pretty fun battle, but the Lions definitely feel a lot better about you know, their two cornerbacks coming out of camp with the way Jeff Okuda has played. They're excited about you know him being available and, and playing really well for them in, in 2022. Tim, look, watching Hard Knocks and knowing Dan Campbell and very physical camp, very emotional guy, very inspiring guy. Um, last year, the Eagles went into Detroit and, and you know, beat up on, on the Lions. And I wonder how fired up, not only is it the home opener, not as the, op- the opener, as well as the home opener, but a little yeah. revenge. I mean, how much, of a, how much of a message will that be for Dan Campbell? Well, for sure. I mean, that was the game that you know, changes were made after that game. You know, um, Dan Campbell took over, like we talked about earlier, they elevated Ben Johnson. Um, you know, they changed some, some personnel on defense. That was a, a rude awakening for the Lions. I mean, you guys came in there and, and pounded them pretty good and really embarrassed them, to be honest. And you know, Dan saw that and said, look, that, that's not going to be who we are anymore. And they started playing a lot better football after that game. You know, they, they started to win some ball games. Uh, we talked about how Jared Goff performed after that. So it was a different football team. So I don't know if, if, if Lions fans should thank Philadelphia fans for embarrassing like that and enforcing some of the changes that Dan Campbell you know, knew was, was necessary. I, I think there is a little bit of, of a revenge factor. Look, this is the Lions that thinks that they can be vastly improved. They think they can be playing meaningful games in the month of December and possibly even like the Eagles did last year, you know, fight for one of those you know, last playoff spots and, and, and get themselves into the dance. And so, um, yeah, it's a big game and it is a revenge game. And, um, you know, how Dan Campbell is former player fiery, like you talked about, uh, he doesn't like to be embarrassed and, and he'd certainly like to kick off this season on a good note and maybe get a little bit of revenge in, at the same time. And we wrap things up here on the Eagles insider podcast presented by Lincoln financial group with our extra point. Spend some time with one of three undrafted players to make this 53-man roster. Reed Blankenship, a five-year starter at Middle Tennessee State, a three-year captain. The Eagles had only five draft picks in this 2022 NFL draft, so they really wanted to do a bang-up job after the draft, and they've done so. Blankenship makes the 53. Offensive lineman Josh Sills makes the 53. And cornerback Josh Job on the 53. Here... I talk with Blankenship, who discusses the journey from Middle Tennessee State to making the 53. So first of all, congratulations. And, and just like, how is the experience? What's it been like for you? You know, it's a dream come true. It's something that I've always, you know, wished for as a little kid. But, uh, you know, day by day, it's been stressful. Um, you know, just each day, you're just uncomfortable. But uh, that's, that's what you got to be. Um, nothing's given. Um, I'm still not satisfied. I know I got to work, work my way up, but... I'm here for now, and I, I'm I'm ready to work. So I like that you're not supposed to be comfortable, right? It's right. They're, they're supposed to keep you on edge. Like, how how have you dealt with that? Maybe for the first time in your football life. 
you know, just go to my happy place, you know, and uh, whether it's, you know, talking to my parents back home or talking to my friends, always find your happy place because if you, you sit in your room by yourself and you start thinking and you start overthinking, especially for me, it can, it can you know, cause a lot of stress, but you got to block all that stuff out and you're playing football. It's what you've always wanted to be doing, you know, it's, it's the dream. And I'm gonna have fun with it. Let's back up to your career. Um, five-year starter, three-year captain. Did, did you think he did it all to the point where the NFL would like would definitely come knocking in some way, shape, or form? I believe I did, but you know, at times, as an athlete, and especially for me personally, I'm still unsatisfied. And you know, you, you always look back. Oh, I could have did this better. I could have done this this other stuff better. But at the end of the day, you did all you could. And if you have that mindset, I left it all on the field, then great things are yet to come. So how did the Eagles come knocking? Well, honestly, um, I had no contact with them, really. Um, after the draft ended, uh, my agent got on the phone with me. He said, you're about to go to the Eagles. I said, let's go. Let's get ready to work. So I, I, I'm so happy to be here. The organization is great. My teammates are great. You know, I'm just very – it's a very fun environment. How did you get it, um, Reed? Like, how did you get the concepts of what, what Jonathan was teaching and the mental part? I mean, I know the physical part is one thing, and you kind of – show after a while, I'm sure you felt, hey, okay, I can mm-hmm. – but then the mental part must have been the real stressful side right. of it. Yeah, you, like I say, you got to get that mental part out of it. Yeah. Um, once you start realizing that, hey, this, this works with this, you start putting in the concepts. Like you said, it makes everything easier. And that's what I was coached to do in college too, make this is – pretty much same as same as is this other place. So you just start putting in con- uh, concepts and it'll be easier for so, you. So when you were not here in the building, what were you doing? Were you spending all your time in the playbook, literally like in the playbook or sleeping and nothing else? Absolutely. That's what you got to do, especially as a rookie and undrafted rookie. You got you to gotta know what you're doing or they'll run you out of here. But, uh, you know, I worked hard on it. I'm still doing it. It's still an everyday thing, but it'll never stop. Film study will never stop. I mean, vets still do it. If you want to be great, you got to do film study. Did you feel that the coaches were coming around to you at any point? Like, did you kind of feel, or maybe yourself, did you feel that you were kind of impressing people, whether it was camp or the joint practices or the preseason games? You know, I believe I did, but um, I just go out there and try to do my best. You know, effort-wise, I, I put it all on the line. I mean, if they don't notice my effort, then I'm not going hard enough. You know, that's, that's what I live by, my effort, and I'll try to make plays wherever it is. So. You sound like somebody who, the game of football means everything to you. It does, you know, and it's all I've ever known, really. And I want to play this game as long as possible. And I want to do whatever I can, whatever it takes. I'm, I'm going to go until they tell me to leave. How helpful were the veterans in the room during the time when you were trying to learn everything? I mean, I know they're trying to win jobs, too. Right. So it's really kind of a selfless operation back right. there. Yeah, and, yeah, I got friends in the league, too. And they, when I was still in college, they'd say, be ready. Like, the vets can be a little, you know, nitpicky. But uh, this group of guys, they're phenomenal. You know, Marcus Epps, Anthony Harris. Um, they've they've helped me a lot. And just knowing that you can go up to any vet and ask them any sort of question, they'll give you the right answer means so much. Was there a tempo that you had to get used to, whether it was practice or preseason? Absolutely. Um, just like college, it was fast. And then I was like, okay, maybe I can ease into it a little bit faster. But you get up here with all these guys that's you know pretty much the same level and above, they're rolling. But uh, I, I was ready for it. So we're in Miami and practicing, and then boom, preseason finale, and then a flight, and we're waiting on the tarmac, and like cuts are a couple days later. Like, how was it for you during that very stressful time? Yeah, um, I was very stressed. Um, I just knew that I gave everything I could on the field, and at the end of the day, it's like you can't go back and fix the past. You know, it's all at least the future. So whatever next is next. But I was very happy that. 
uh, I made the roster. I know there's still a lot of work to be put in, and I'm, I'm happy to be with my teammates. My teammates, they've been pushing me, so I'm, I'm very excited to play. JG has described safety um, as a thinking position. Um, so how, 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 how would you equate kind of the, the percentages, thinking, mental versus physical, at that position in this league, if it's even possible so early in your career? Honestly, I think the mental part for me right now is like 80-20. Um, mentally, you got to know exactly what you're doing. You got to know concepts, situations, and they preach hard about situations here. That's why I love it here. They're so technical. But uh, like I said, the mental part is so big playing the safety position here. At four o'clock on Tuesday comes. Did you get a call saying that you made the team or you just heard nothing? Heard nothing. So I'm sitting in my hotel room like, man, what's going on? I, it was the longest day ever. But as soon as four o'clock hit, and then they released the roster. I saw my name. I was so proud of myself. Yeah, what was the feeling like? It, it was it was good. Like I didn't. The emotions were, was it was kind of hard to explain. You know, I, I still feel like okay, yeah, I made it, but there's still you know the unwritten. You know, so I gotta prove myself still every day. I gotta come out ready to work, and I'm excited to be. So here. you didn't jump up and down and just pump around like? Did you call your parents? And I did. I did. I let my parents do all that, and then I still said to myself, hey. Just keep it easy. Like you still gotta, you still gotta make it here. So awesome. Step, I guess step one. Long journey, right? Long journey. That's I'm ready awesome. for it. Appreciate it. Thanks, Reed. Awesome. Thank you, man. Congratulations. And that will do it for this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I am back with you from Ford Field on Sunday. Our instant reaction, Eagles Insider Podcast, hoping the Eagles start 2022 the way they started 2021, on the road with a big win. Thanks to all of you for joining each and every episode. Thanks to Ray Doyle and Peter Kelly and Kira Mahoney and the Eagles Media Relations team for making all of our guests possible and producing this in such a professional, enjoyable, and entertaining way. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Thanks again for joining everyone. If you have a moment to give us a review, we love those five stars. Please make sure... You go to the details section of your podcast library. Give us a rating. Give us a review. I'm going to get to some of these reviews on the air. We really value your feedback. Thanks so much for joining, everyone. The season is here. The Eagles ready to go to Detroit and make some noise. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Everyone have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly. And go, Birds! E-A-T-L-E-S